It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Happy sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind And you got me just torn in between the two Cause I really wanna deal with you But something's telling me I should leave you alone Leave you alone, leave you alone Cause I really wanna be cussing you But something's telling me that I should leave you alone Leave you alone, leave you alone Apparently you're in the hospital Anyway um, It's me Kelechi In the absolute bestest place to be And you are listening Watching SYM Officially known as Say Your Mind Unofficially known as What What That's right Suck your mum And we're back We're back Let's just do a thing And keep it moving For those who can see my outfit I hope you like it a little place. Oh, my thighs dry. Every week I'm questioning whether my body is moisturized. No, I'm moisturized. <laughs> I'm moisturized. We thank the most high. We thank the most high. Yeah. Well, I haven't been drinking as much water as I should. So maybe that's what it is. Guilty feet have got no rhythm. <laughs> For certain demographics (laughs) Colonialism and the slave trade Why will you have the rhythm Anyway um, So yeah I need to make sure I drink water So then I'm not paranoid as to whether My skin looks dehydrated or not Well What have I been up to this week I finished the recording of my audiobook Edge of Here Da 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 Finished the recording of the audiobook. I'm so proud of myself because I really, really, really talked. And so for that reason, I think that I'm deserving of a break. So there'll be no episode of the podcast next week. Do not message me because I don't know how some of you manage to listen every week and then you miss these announcements. I don't know where you scroll to, but then you'll now message me when there's no um, episode and be like, oh, Kelechi, is there a problem? Um, I think there might be a problem with Apple Podcasts. And there's no problem. <laughs> there is no problem. I've just not recorded. So next week, there'll be no um, episode. So be prepared. Be prepared. All right. I'm taking a break and I don't give a ick and I don't give a fuck. Okay. Thanks so much. Um, and so this outfit is also kind of preempting the vibes, the vibes <laughs> that I plan to be enjoying. Cause y'all ain't seen me on this motherfucking island. Okay. Anyway, um, no, I won't say anymore. <laughs> So yeah, the audiobook is now complete. I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. I clocked some typos while reading the audiobook and I was like, oh, let the editors know about this. But I don't know if that, I think we might have caught that in a proofreads anyway. But then why am I reading from a version that has the typos? 
Publishing is so weird to me. It's so weird to me. But I pray that the version you get, you won't notice like the tiny typos. They'll be gone. But um, yeah, it was really cool to read the audio book and really fall in love with my characters all over again. Like I motherfucking did that with a teen. But I did that, you know, like these stories were born of my imagination. And I say my imagination, but again, I really want to stress that I feel like I channeled a lot of it. They're so gorgeous. The characters are so lovely. And I'm not saying that just because it's my book. Like, it actually slaps. Like, I'm surprised at how much it slaps. Not because I don't have faith in myself, but just the level of the slapism of the stories. Mad, matting, matting, matting. Um, And I feel like this break will also give me space to um, look a bit more at the novel as well. So yeah, 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 yeah. What I will say though is on my way, and, and you might have seen my tweets or you might not have, on my way to go and record the audiobook, I was booked a taxi, a black cab. Getting a black cab now, first thing in the morning, getting a black cab headed to the publishing house to go and record the audiobook. I get in because I could see the guy on the app in it because um, it was Get, the app called Get, G-E-T-T. I'm not praising them because obviously they've got some little fuckers on their app. So anyway, um, I see the taxi driver taking his time. So I go on to like the main road bit to go meet him. And so see him, waved him down like with my phone and I get in and he's like, oh, I'm really glad that you came to meet me here because I wasn't sure where I was going to find you. This app was sending me everywhere. It was sending me everywhere, but you noticed me, didn't you? I said, yeah, I did notice you. That's why I'm standing here. Um, yeah. And so, well, I'm glad you noticed me. You know, you, you could probably tell more about what these apps are doing than what I can. You know, you look like a young lady, a young lady, uh, I bet a young lady, a young girl like you could treat, teach an old man like me some new tricks. You could teach me some new things, I bet. This was exactly three minutes, 42. Three minutes, 42 seconds into that cab ride. And I was already experiencing wildness. I don't see a ring on your finger. So I bet you have a great time out. Fam, what are you saying? What are you saying? And I know it doesn't matter what we wear, but for context, I was wearing um, green khaki um, oversized uh, cargo pants um, with a black top that says, let me tell you a story. She makes it in the end. That was my outfit and some Bottega Veneta um, uh, rubber kind of um, sliders sort of situation. They're called puddle. So I had that on. So I wasn't even doing too much. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm a bitch because I absolutely was doing something with that, with that Bottega Veneta. Like, don't ever get it twisted. I really tried to like humble the thing there. Nah, I, it was simple, but it was effective. Don't ever fucking get it twisted. Okay. A Libra son, me, Kelechi, Olua Familayo, Kafo. Didn't do, nah, I did a bit. I did a bit. I didn't care if it was a, you know, a casual day of going to go and record my audio book. I'm going to, I'm just going to sprinkle some stunting. I, 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 I was just starting ah! Sorry, went off course there <laughs> But What I'm trying to say is I wasn't skinning out 
And you don't have to skin, like skinning out doesn't warrant people to talk to you any sort of way. But you know, sometimes when you're skinning out, people get extremely excited. Skin out me pom pom. Sorry. Um, they get really, really excited. The spirit of spice just entered me there momentarily. Um, so yeah, I was just keeping it cute, keeping it like just understated. And he really felt the need to be saying all of these things to me. And so then as he's driving now, he's just lamenting and swearing. I do, do I want to know, like when you white people, yeah, you white listeners of this show, when you lot get into taxis, do they automatically just start swearing when you lot are in there? Because I don't feel like they do. The number of black cab drivers, when I step in there and they see me, a black woman, all of their cooth becomes on. They become so uncouth and they just start swearing and talking anyhow. And I don't get it. I don't get it. So anyway, he's talking, talking. He looks at the address of where we're going and he goes, oh, um, publishing. So you, what do you do? You're a publisher or whatever. I said, oh, I'm going to narrate an audio book. What? <laughs> They're letting you narrate an audio book. When I sound like this and you sound like that, they're letting you narrate an audio book. <laughs> You're having me on. But then again, these companies these days, they are bending over backwards to be diverse. I, I, my, I was listening to, I was watching Sky the other day and all of the voice actors, all of the voiceovers were black and Asian. Black and Asian, because these advertising companies just feel that they need to, you know, be fair to everybody. And he was saying be fair as if it was a wild thing, as as if it's something that shouldn't be done. Like, fairness doesn't mean that they're letting people who are not qualified for the role. In fact, more time, the people that they're letting in are overqualified and they're coming to meet you mediocre motherfuckers who have had the privilege of whiteness or whatever the case may be, helping you to just be where you were with no contest for the longest time. Okay. So now you have to step up, like step up your game. What, what's the issue? What's the problem? You don't like it. You don't like it. That's interessante. Um, I was, I really wanted to ask him, how could you tell that they were black and Asian voiceover actors? How did you know? How did you know that that, that's, you know, that was their ethnicity or their race? How did you know? I wanted to ask, but I feel like in life for the sake of preserving my sanity, there are just some battles I just don't enter into. I really wanted to be in a great mind state to go and record the last one and a half stories of my short story collection. I did not want to have to tell this guy about his pussy clot, but like through that perspex glass, whatever, whatever situation that we've got going on. Like, I feel like sometimes some of them feel a type of way that they're picking up certain like black customers. Um, Maybe like they wouldn't not, not ordinarily stop for them in the street, but the app is making them pick up certain people that they wouldn't otherwise have picked up and it stresses them out. He's like, um, he goes, Oh, I wanted to be a voice actor once. People have told me that I've got a fantastic voice and, you know, you know, rather, how do they call it? The Queen's English, right? Or the King's English now. We call it the King's English. <laughs> the King's English now. And then you speak like that and you're narrating a book. I just thought, if I begin to drag your pussy clot, 
If I begin to drag you today, you will go where? To casualty. I just continue to apply my lip liner because I can't come and kill myself for racism in this country. I cannot come and kill myself, okay? He then says, um, well, to be fair, Stephen Fry gets all of the jobs, doesn't he? He books all of the all of the voiceover work for Sainsbury's. You can't you can't move for hearing Stephen Fry's voice over the over the over the tannoy. Why are you angry at everybody? If you wanted to be a voiceover actor, what was holding you? Oh no, I could have. I guess I could have, but it just means that you know when you know people like you. Uh, you know, the black and Asian people When they're booking these jobs What it does mean now Is that people like myself um, Are out of jobs Fam, what are you talking about? What are you talking? I said, really? Um, who voices over the Waitrose adverts? Because basically As far as I understand it to be If you feel like you're hearing A black or Asian person voicing something there would usually be a specific type of product that they're being asked to do where generally the things that you feel might appeal to you would still have a white actor because most things are voiced by white actors. So nobody's out of a job. Oh, well, you know, that's, that's, you know, I'm just talking about what I've seen, you know, cause I, I do pick up a lot of advertising execs and, you know, I, I think that they are stressed these days having to, you know, consider being diverse when they just want to hire talent. Why do you lot think that diversity is estranged from talent? Like, what is wrong with you? Fam, like, I hate to break it to you. You're not that talented. You're not that talented. The only reason you've been able to do certain things for so long is because other people were kept out deliberately. Now that they're coming in, it is what it is. Like, step your pussy up. Like, it's... I just hardly responded, but you all just kept 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 going on about, oh, um, yeah, a young girl like you. You must know some things you could show me that you could teach me. <laughs> I feel like that bothered me more than the actual racism. Like, what are you doing? Because now if somebody smashes your head on your steering wheel, they'll say that you've been attacked. But what are you doing? Ugh. I couldn't even bring myself to tell him that I was going to go and voice my audiobook. I just thought, you know what? You're already like losing it as it is. Like, let's not make it worse before you You can write. So you someone like you can write. Gosh. I remember the good old days when you lot weren't even allowed. Like, come on, I, I don't even. I needed to get to that d destination to record the audiobook in one piece. I did like, if I told him I'd written that book, he might have just crashed into something, God forbid. You know, so jealousy is really, really doing some people, really doing some people, and it's making them just say wild things that aren't true. But whatevs, whatevs. Um, just making sure that everything's recording, because you know how this systems like this system likes to do with me sometimes but it seems like everything is fine everything's all right um I feel like I've said enough so I told you that I'm not here next week I've hoped that you've managed to um pre-order your book that you've got your tickets to the live show um I've got another announcement that'll come out maybe when I'm back 
So I feel like we might as well get into the tarot for this week then, since we're all here. Why why not? You know, I hope you're having a good hope you're having a good Monday. Like things are nice and um great for you. I say good Monday, good week, whenever you're listening to this. This is a timeless reading. No, it's not. Um let's see. Well, the tarot reading is a timeless reading, but the subject matter, well, nothing's new under the sun, in it. So we're seeing what we're seeing over and over again. I feel like this, um, this laptop gets louder week on week. I don't know if you can hear it, but it just irritates me. I don't know if I need to get more memory on my thing. Anyway, this is the letter for this week. It's time for my Saturn return. Please help. Hello, Kelechi. I pray that you and your entire support system are doing beyond well. I hope your family and friends are thriving and everything is moving in a way where the silver lining is never too far away. I love that. I've considered writing this letter for such a long time. I wonder what's going on in the universe that made me feel bold enough to take the plunge today. I admire you and your boldness so much. And as a quiet, non-confrontational introvert, I've often wondered where yours and my paths would intersect. I will say, however, I was just listening to your Not Everyday Romance podcast episode and there was something about the poem by um, Chakari Gabriel that you read, um, the one titled Comfortable, that made me realise, oh, that's where our paths probably intersect. Anyways, I'm a 27-year-old baby girl originally from South Africa. I've been fortunate enough to travel the world and be exposed to how beautiful yet harsh the world can be. I'm not dealing with anything particularly negative right now, but I've had my fair share of heartache. In fact, that's where my first bout with depression at 14 began. Everything around me seemed fine, but I had a certain deep sadness and what made it even worse was my inability to pinpoint the root of it. However, I'm doing a lot better with regards to that now and I'm writing this letter to you because I've begun my Saturn return and I'm so curious about what's to come. I keep seeing warnings heeding about how Saturn the planet um how Saturn is the planet that really challenges people and puts them through a lot. In fact, my cousin who is now in his early 30s mentioned that it was um it was an absolute awful time for him however my heart and soul don't feel rattled by this i'm usually very intuitive but regarding this saturn return um opposite to but similar to um the early depression it feels as though my mind and heart are chill whilst everything slash everybody around me is telling me to watch out i've grown so incredibly close to god within the past 3 years and perhaps this um this the this the peace This is the peace that scriptures speak about, the one that the world cannot give you, but can only come from above. I'm an artist who loves making music, but through my journey with God, I came to a point where I was like, hey, if that's not the purpose you have for me, I'm chill with that. Um, I just want to live out what what you've purposed me to do. Uh, But then I went on a fast last year where I felt God explicitly tell me why singing is what I'm meant to do. I remember this also listening to a podcast episode of yours directly after that, where you spoke about how we only have one life and it's important to do uh, what makes us feel alive. When I tell you, Kelechi, nothing makes me feel more stripped down and like my most raw self than when I'm belting out a tune. Singing is one of those things that when I was younger and people would ask, what's your talent? I never thought twice about it. I just knew. Anyways, 
I mention all of that because my Saturn is in my 10th house of career and public roles. And I often feel like a waking contradiction because how I'm, how am I a shy introvert who also wants to sing in stadiums and arenas? I also want to start a family and find my person already as um, I just feel like that part of my life is also dragging. Saturn six houses away. I met someone last year who I thought would be my husband, but three months into being together, he decided he actually wasn't ready to be in a long-term relationship. And so we broke up. I kind of recognized that, um, that with the life I'm trying to build right now, perhaps a partner wouldn't be the best thing because I like to lose myself in relationships as that's often the times, um, as that's oftentimes the best way I feel like one should experience them. Sometimes it just feels like so many things are desired, but there's not enough time. Please advise on this Saturn return and anything else spirit may want me to hear that I may be missing. I'm all ears. I've attached my star chart and other um, details below and would appreciate any feedback, even if it's just one sentence. Thank you again for being so bold and magnificent. You are so one of a kind and I'm so incredibly grateful that you're following your dreams. Thanks again. All my love, baby girl. Thank you, baby girl. First thing I will say is like, it's so funny how people perceive me. I'm very introverted. Like, the like. notice where you see me do things. I do things in like isolation. I make this podcast alone. You know, I make my videos after my runs alone. I, I really mainly go out for work. And if it's not work, then, um, I'm usually out with maybe one or two people at a time. I don't like being in like large groups of people constantly. It really drains me. I've talked about it a few times on the podcast. So where you're looking for where we intersect, I'm an introvert. (laughs) That's why I have, and people, I think, because of how they characterize introverts, they feel like you don't have opinions. You're not like confident. You don't like, there's a difference between being introverted and being confident. Right. Um, and I tend to, I I feel like I, I'm rather shy as a person. It just maybe doesn't come across to people straight away. This is also why hugs and things like that throw me because it's just like, ah, people are in my space, you know? So I'm very kind of cautious about all of those things. Um, but let's get into what you sent me. Let's see what we've got. What I will say, I keep saying what I will say. What I will say is that if you've got a uh, Pisces 10th house, because uh, Saturn's gone into Pisces, I've got my Jupiter in Pisces. So that's also what probably like resonates with you as well. My Jupiter. Um, Let's see what we got. Now, I had to Emma. It's only been, uh, and it also absolutely makes sense that you would want to sing Pisces is rules the voice as well. And Neptune rules Pisces, right? And Neptune is about show business. It's about the ethereal. It's about, um, it's about, you know, like think about the sirens in the ocean and the singing and stuff. Um, And Neptune obviously ruling the sea. So it absolutely actually does make sense. And we Neptune ruling those things that allow up, that allow us to participate in like the suspension of disbelief. Um, so that's why people talk about, you know, drugs and this and that. It moves you away from reality. So then 
yeah, I'm just giving you examples of how it does make sense that you could be introverted and still want to perform in front of large numbers of people because what you want to offer them is a release. What you want to offer them is um, elevation, spiritual um, elevation of some sort. So previously Saturn was then in your ninth house, your ninth house being Aquarius, you learning a lot from people and probably learning a lot through technology. So I and you said over the last three years, your relationship with God grew and that's what the ninth house deals with. Essentially, it deals with um, our understanding of um religion, dogma, um, our, our belief system, um, as well as higher education, literally higher education. So what, whatever is higher in terms of our understanding is what the ninth house deals with. And so you've just had Saturn there helping you to figure out what your belief um, systems, how they operate. So then it's moved into your 10th house where you figured out what you believe in and um, kind of found a way to ground yourself and structure yourself um, spiritually uh, in that regard And then now we're looking at your career So now you've gone into your career So it's like I know what I believe Now how do I put it into the work that I do That's really it I hate I've said it Ah, oh, oh, I'm sorry it's getting me mad I really hate doom and gloom astrologers Like I've, I've moved away from certain people Because I don't like I really fucking hate doom and gloom, gloom astrologers Stop doing it to people Like there are so many iterations of how a planetary energy can play out. This is why I feel like I felt more called to do, to learn more astrology myself, because I think that my insight and my perspective that I can bring to things um, and through the experiences that I've had in life just means that I'm not going to say things to people that's unnecessarily going to like worry them. You can caution people. You can let people know that, well, this might be a possible challenge and this might be this and this might be that but again this is why it's important to understand that like people can only meet you as far as they've met themselves so if somebody is doing basketball with themselves internally that is going to play out in how they read for you whether it's astrology whether it's tarot whether it's your pastor whether it's your I don't know your rabbi your imam like whatever the case may be where they are at personally Spirit can't just move you beyond that. Like there, there is a level of um, wisdom that you are able to tap into when you are tapped into the God source, right? Into the creative collective essence um, that, the, you know, the, like the collective consciousness. Yes, there is that. But you are only going to be able to interpret that through the filter of your own understanding. And if your understanding is limited and your personal behavior um, still has a long way to go or quite a way to go, that is what you're going to be able to offer people. So me, what I've started practicing over time is looking at how somebody operates, how they write, how they post, how they read generally. I start paying attention to that, where they are sort of in their life, if I'm privy to that, to know whether it's a good time to go to them for reading or for any sort of anything, because I can't trust that what they're going to deliver is going to be what I require. So I say all of that because Saturn return, sometimes it is harsh on people. It is. That's life. A Venus return can be harsh on people. A freaking Jupiter return can be harsh on people. Fam, Jupiter, my Jupiter return. When Jupiter came back to my 12th house, 
I felt like I was going to lose it. I was dragged up and down. That was my Jupiter return in Pisces. And Jupiter is meant to be benevolent, giving you gifts, giving you this. So while I did acquire the majority of my um, deals, while Jupiter was in my 12th house, things kept secret behind the scenes. I was still going through it. I was going through it. I didn't, and my Saturn return, fam, anytime something comes through my, um, no, my Saturn would have been in Sagittarius. So when that was happening, I had to, I had to kind of learn very quickly. Like Saturn can be harsh with somebody like me as an Aries rising, because I just, you know, I act first, I think later. And Saturn's kind of been like, ah, 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 come on. Think about things before you say them. What is the what are the long-term implications of what you're about to say say? Saturn really taught me how to back my chat. If you don't know, shut your mouth. Think about it. Go and read up about it. Because Saturn is Sagittarius for me. Go and read up about it and then come back to do the thing. So I say all of that because any planetary transit can be hard based on the makeup of your birth chart as a whole and also based on the societal um, dynamics that we are navigating at that particular time, right? Based on the socioeconomic uh, status that you find yourself in, how you're racially minoritized or um, majoritized, whatever the case may be, like there are going to be personal and there are going to be political things that also impact what kind of return you have. And I love that you are so open and um, receptive to what this uh, transit will mean for you, because I actually think it's going to be great for you. It's probably just going to help you because it's your uh, 10th house um, of public um, facing roles and your vocation. It's going to help you hone in on how you want to shape your singing career. Yeah, that's what you're going to find. So maybe by the end of it, you'll end up having either um, working with a label or if you decide to be independent, you'll definitely have a more robust structure in place going forward. That's what I feel like I've picked up from it. But who cares what I think? Let's look at the tarot cards because I really be talking. Okay, it's already half an hour. Girl, girl, let me move my headphones because they like to misbehave. And this... Um, heavy breathing of this um, laptop. So sorry if you're hearing that, but if you if it bothers you so much, buy me a new MacBook with lots of memory. Okay, do that. Do that. Be useful. Okay. Um, let's see. What's the message for a baby girl? Let's get this up here. Add this. Do we want full screen? Yeah, we can have full screen. I just feel like it doesn't let you see everything, but that should be enough. That should be enough surface area to work with. Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it. I'm not going to say you should program too much from that. Um, let's see. What's the message for a baby girl that has got her Saturn return in Pisces? Um, let's see. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So, yeah. What I'm picking up from here is got we've got the King of Pentacles as the first card. 
um, this is about structure for you. If you're asking me about your Saturn return, the King of Pentacles is going to, um, cause King of Pentacles, I always think about it as a Capricorn. Um, but this is earth sign Virgo Capricorn. What's your other one? Um, Virgo Capricorn. Why has it gone on my head? Somebody's probably shouting it at me, but you know, you know, Taurus, that's it. Um, but it's giving structure. So I think like you're probably going to come across some kind of person that wants to manage you over the next two um, and a half years. But just be careful that it's not just somebody that just wants to help themselves to your stuff. Because this, the stance of this uh, man in this image, he looks rather lazy. Like he wants the money. He wants the good times. And yeah, he does have knowledge to help you with what you're trying to do. But it just does feel very kind of like... Um, um, exploitative so just being careful of that and then we've got the six of pentacles so very much career is what's being focused on for you during this time if you notice the woman and green is here quite a bit so i think that you know there's a lot of heart chakra energy that you're going to have to pay attention to like what your heart wants based um, as opposed to or what your heart wants in conflict with or in comparison to what will sell all right. So you're going to have to find that balance between, you know, because people will advise you. I have a feeling that somebody might listen to your music and while your music, I imagine, is beautiful, they'll be like, oh, maybe make it this way because this is what's popping on these um, social media sites and do this and do that. You've got to stick to your guns. Don't let money or don't let um, the illusion of what um, is going to sell stop you from making what you want to make. Stay true to you. Um, because if you don't, we've got the five of cups here. You're just bound to come across disappointments. Yeah. You're going to be disappointed if you try to do things any other way than what speaks to your heart. And also to remember that just because something is, um, I'd say, yeah, just because something is our calling doesn't mean that we're not going to meet, um, frustrations that we're not going to uh, meet rejections, um, that we're not going to be disappointed along the way. Like I know in my heart of hearts, the things that I'm called to do in this life, but that doesn't mean that I don't get pushback. That doesn't mean that some days aren't fucking hard. So you've got to keep your head up. Yeah. Keep your head up and don't lose hope. Don't lose hope on what is to come. Let me just shuffle and see what we've got from the dickhead in recovery affirmation card decks. I really see that you are all buying more. Oh, more of these cards these days. Not the headphones dragging me backwards. Jesus Lord. Let's see what card we've got. Beautiful. So the card we've got here is, um, turn it up. There is strength in letting go of what no longer serves the path that my soul is on. So yeah, I feel that because the 10th house, six houses away from that is your fourth house, right? Um, so opposite that is your fourth house. So I imagine that what you'll be experiencing then, um, so that would be what, Virgo? Um, I feel like what you'll be experiencing then in that regard is um, things changing in your family dynamics. Yeah. Because while one thing is popping somewhere, while structure is being made somewhere, it's going to get you somewhere else. All right. So I I feel like there's going to be some kind of whether you're I don't know if you already have moved out. If you said any of that from home, there might be that um, also happening as well. Is what I'm sort of uh, picking up from there. Let's see what card you've got here to the sea mm, travel, more travel for you. 
more travel for you. Number seven. Okay. I feel like that number seven is a number of like establishing yourself and also standing your ground. And so I do feel like there's going to be some kind of shift with your family over the next um, little while. Um, The Oracle's message here says, isn't it wonderful when you feel yourself in the flow of life, when events and conditions seem to engage you in a way that is fluid and effortless? This card reminds you that going with the flow is exactly what you need to do right now. Ride the wave of opportunity formed by perfect conditions. Allow trust and faith to guide you um, forward as you flow like a river into the sea of life. That's beautiful because like we said, Neptune rules Pisces, water, like you've got this. And this figure is just really pretty. They're just sat on a boat and you can see this face above them, like watching over them. So it's all divinely guided. Like, do you, baby? Do you, baby girl? Like, you're good. You're good. You're good. So um, then I can just stop that then. I pray that that um, resonates with you, baby girl. And those of you who are listening that probably needed that word too. Um, I guess that's it. Yeah. If you want to send your letters, you can send your letters to sym at kalechiokar4.com or you can join us on Patreon for the people who are getting their month ahead readings. Like I said, that tier is called Straw Society is £33 a month. And um, at the beginning of the month, um, I'll send you um, your month ahead reading. You don't need to send me a question. I'll pick up the theme of it. And so far from the feedback, baby, I'm on it. I'm on point, but that's not me. The spirit. We just thank the spirit. We thank, we thank spirit. We thank the most high. Um, so that's going beautifully. I'm going to put more of a structure in place. I think I need like an admin person. I want to say thank you to people who, when I say I need things on this show, you DM me or you email me. I prefer emails. You email me to say that you can help me. I am actually going to come back to you because I definitely need somebody to sort out my inbox like my actual inbox for all my, like, I need help. (laughs) Like not the SYM so much, but maybe the SYM. I don't know. Let me know your rate. I I know that some of you just offered that you will just do it. I know that somebody else is going to say that I need to send you an NDA if we're going to do this, which I am happy to do. If you're happy to sign the NDA, whatever, whatever, do all of that. I need somebody to sort out my inbox. I was going to holler at Leave It With Lava, Leanne, like, you know, she has an amazing business. She does this. She provides assistance that can help you with this. Somebody just saved me. Lift me up. Take my inbox down. Keep me sane. Sane for now Drowning in a sea of emails Sorry, I got carried away there Um, You might have needed to turn down your volume But what you were hearing wasn't loudness You were hearing passion Anyway, what was I saying? Thank you for the offers of helping me to do that I need to find a more efficient way of kind of like doing the readings, but because the readings are so personal, I don't want anybody else to touch them, but I do feel like I need a way of like transferring the files, somebody going into the Google drive and adding all of the files to people's things. Pardon me without listening to them. You only need to hear the first word, or maybe I will just make sure that all the um, recordings are labeled with the person's name and you just drop them into the person's um, Google drive. That's it. That's it. But it's so precious to me. I'm, I feel like for now I'll just do it myself 
If somebody sorts out my inboxes, see how it's turned into inboxes and not inbox, two inboxes, sorts that out. I can do this, right? But I'm loving it. I'm loving sending the month ahead, uh, month ahead readings. Um, and after three months of being on the tier, then you are then entitled to a 30 minute Zoom one-to-one tarot reading. So that is the way to get your tarot reading, unless you're happy to wait for my sporadic availability, um, which the spaces or the slots that I usually have disappear in minutes. So just letting you know that. Well, that's that. I might as well use that chance to big up this week's show sponsor, who are Express VPN. Is that an N? Anyway, yeah, I'll big them up now. <laughs> what you gonna do? What you gonna do when big tech comes for you? Big tech, big tech. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? <laughs> We've had lots of conversation about big tech companies and what they are doing with our data, whether it's profiling, surveillance, data harvesting. There's just lots of things to not like about those people, them, the tech giants. But what can you do about it when you rely on so many of their products? And uh, what are you going to do when the things can arrive the next day? Well, the good news is it doesn't take much for you to take a stand. For less than £7 roughly per month, you can join everybody else in this sort of resistance against big tech, just having all of your information. Like we know that there are ways for them to get certain things, but just make it more difficult for them is what I'm saying. And you could do this by using ExpressVPN. How do you think that big tech companies make all their money anyway? Well, it's by tracking your searches, your video history and everything you click on and then selling your personal data. It's not from the products they're selling. It's from you. They're selling you, babes. Anyway, ExpressVPN helps you anonymize much of your online presence by hiding your IP address, which is a unique um, identifier that every device has that allows big tech to match your activity back to you. That's why I use ExpressVPN. You all already know this. I use it on all my devices and it makes it much more difficult for the people them to find me. But then obviously I jump on Twitter and start running my mouth. So just letting you know that, but it just means that they can exploit less of my data for their own profits. And the best part is it's easy to use ExpressVPN. Um, You just download the app and you tap one button, um, whether it's your phone, your computer, you just tap it, turn it on. And that's all it takes to keep people out of your business, out of my business. And we just, you know, we keep it moving. So if you don't want big tech tracking all your things and selling your personal data for profit, it's time to do your thing and speak the fuck up by tapping the fuck on ExpressVPN dot com slash straws right now. So protect your online freedom. And again, I keep telling you lot, do not go and use it to go and do nonsense on burners. All right. That's my one caveat. Do not. And don't go and watch nonsense and being nasty. Yeah. That's also my other caveat. So that's expressvpn.com slash straws. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash straws. Go and get yourself involved. So yeah, let's get to share your magnificence. First off, I want to big up Casta Semenya. I'm so glad that you won your appeal because really, fuck these people. 
It says here, Olympic champion Castor Semenya wins testosterone ruling appeal. Europe's top human rights court has ruled in favor of Olympic champion Castor Semenya, saying courts in Switzerland should give her a new, a, a new chance to fight a requirement that female athletes with high natural testosterone take drugs to lower it. The South African double Olympic 800 meter champion, 32, had approached the European Court of Human Rights in February 2021 after losing appeals to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, um, which is where uh, Lewis Hamilton and Demlot should have gone when um, the championship was given to uh, Max Verstappen in 2021 as well. Anyway, carrying on which is sport's highest court and the Swiss Federal Tribunal um, in a long-running legal battle. On Tuesday, the ECHR ruled by a slender majority of four votes to three. Ooh! That Semenya's original appeal against world athletics regulations had not been properly heard. The court found in particular that the applicant had not been afforded sufficient institutional and procedural safeguards in Switzerland to allow her to have her complaints examined effectively. Um, the high stakes of the case for the applicant and the narrow margin of ap uh, appreciation afforded to the respondent state should have led to a thorough institutional and procedural review, but the applicant had not been able to obtain such a review. Semenya may now be free to challenge once again rules that have left her career on hold. She has a medical condition known as hyperandrogenism, which is char uh, characterized by higher than usual levels of testosterone, a hormone that increases muscle mass, strength, and hemoglobin, which affects endurance. Under the rules, in order to compete in women's events, athletes with differences in sexual development that result in high testosterone levels must lower them to those of a healthy woman with ovaries. They may take the contraceptive pill, have a monthly injection or undergo surgery to remove testes. Uh, World Athletics said it uh, stood by its rules, which would remain in place for now. We remain of the view that the DSD regulations are, ne are a necessary, reasonable and proportionate means of protecting fair competition in the female category as the Court of Arbitration for Sport and Swiss Federal Tribunal both found after a detailed and expert assessment of the evidence. Who are the experts? Who are your experts? Because I feel like your experts are just like dickheads. Who are your experts? Huh? Her? Um, the Court of Arbitration for Sport ruled in 2019 that the global governing body's rules were necessary for fair female competition. At the, t at the time, Semenya said the rules were discriminatory and contraceptive pills made her feel constantly sick. She lost her appeal to the SFT the following year to set aside the 2019 uh, CAS ruling. Uh, World Athletics has consistently said the regulations are aimed at creating a level playing field for all athletes. Semenya won gold in the um, women's 800 meters at the 2016 Olympic Games and is also a three-time world champion in the distance. The regulations initially applied to races of 400 meters to a mile. Um, they were then expanded in March to include all female track events, preventing Semenya from relaunching her career by running longer distances. You lot are so nasty, so nasty, so rude hate it but I'm glad that you kept fighting it Casta Semenya sending you all of the love and solidarity baby girl um 
so yeah, I just wanted to read that. Anyway, we might as well get to the interview that I did with uh, Zachary Momo and Sherelle Skeet. They are the cast of uh, Beneath This Place, which is currently on um, on at the Young Vic Theatre. It's on till the 5th of August. You know, last week I told you that there were technical difficulties and so you didn't get the episode um, or you didn't get the uh, interview. But we've done it again. We did it again. We did it, Joe. So you can have a listen and I hope you enjoy it because it was a really beautiful, gorgeous conversation. And um, two slaps on their chest. Catch you in a bit. Oh. Yay. Thank you Yay. both. I was about to sing reunited and it feels so good. Why were yeah, we um, kind of displaced the first time? Because the recording just did not come through. All I was hearing was whoa, 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 whoa. I was like, what? Why? Why is life being like this? But you know what? I'm so glad that you've been able to come back, Sherelle and Zachary, because when we first spoke, I hadn't seen the play yet. So we were speaking Mm. on, we were speaking, you know, like on principle, me knowing that you're both two incredible actors and that this is just, I just know it's going to be a great play, right? So that's what, that's what we were speaking on the basis of. And then I actually got to watch it last night. Now we can really talk. So I feel like everything happens for a reason. So first off, I just want to say, my God, congratulations to you both and to all of the cast and crew and everybody, to Kwame, to everybody, um, because what you've done is amazing. Wow. Wow. Thank mm. you so much. I'm really proud. I sobbed. No, mm. I sobbed. I cried at the end. It was so moving. Like I, you could hear me in the audience. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> that was you. That was me. Oh. <laughs> I had to go backstage. Now, did you hear that someone? That was, that was just, make sure to get one of the ushers. Get the ushers to just go and <laughs> check on her them. in the interval. Mm. Uh-huh. You were probably you in the interval that went, yeah, ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was having the best time. I was yeah. having the best time. Um, but it's just so moving. I just feel like I just related mm. to it so deeply, you know, this um reality that the freedoms that we en- enjoy weren't we didn't easily come by them, you know? Mm. And so I'm just thinking about, you know, how I felt as the audience, but how did it feel? for you going through that process of unearthing what you then gifted us on stage? Yeah. First of all, oh, go on, go on, Zach, jump in. Yeah, jump in. <laughs> no, go on, yeah, go um, on, jump in. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, it, this felt somewhat like, and we, we say this sometimes, Cheryl, like an alignment of sorts um, between the cast and Kwame. And his from day one, um, including all the crew, um, it felt like everybody was bringing the best of themselves, and we were bringing the best out of each other, you know. And it kind of and Kwame did it wonderfully set the foundations of uh, magnanimous collaboration mm. you know, in every sense of the word. Um, so that takes me on to. Um, the question we really spent about, which I haven't experienced, about just shy of two weeks, what, a week and a half, Jerome? Mm. Shy of two weeks of table work. You know, just sitting at a table before we even got anything up on his feet, just sitting at a table and just chopping it up about the text, 
play. Obviously, we read through it. But um, everything was a question. Mm. Everything was a question. Kwame is a writer and director. You know, he would do this thing whereby, you know, uh, the director's in a room right now. Uh, the writer's not here. Okay. You know, and what the director says is different from what the writer says. But mm. it's, you know, it, it gave uh, a sense of freedom between director, cast, cast to cast. You know, there was no hierarchy in a sense. There was, you know, there was just, there was no wrong answers. You know, there was just questions that we all had to delve into. And it really, um, really was beautiful soil for us to like kind of, you know, nutrient dense yeah. soil for us mm-hmm. to plant different seeds and unearth and find layers. So that was the beginning cool. stage. Yeah, I love that. How's it for you, Sherelle? Um, something that stays with me that Kwame said that I hadn't necessarily thought about, but I think it's as a as a black artist, I think the biggest thing that we have is our lived experience as our superpower. Mm. And I say that in terms of um, this play. Um. Playing Beneatha was my dream role. Like yes. I, I, I wanted to play Beneatha from like many, many years ago when I first watched it at the as Belgrade Theatre. As a raisin in the sun, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. As a raisin in the sun where the character originates from and then obviously mm-hmm. we get to see this, you know, older. Um, so that was the first thing. So it was like, <laughs> kind of getting, over, you know, getting over the fear and then kind of moving through it. Um, and then... Again, like what Zach was saying, just asking lots of questions, even before we stepped into the rehearsal room, for me, it was about having that sense of ownership um, and um, letting go of the imposter syndrome and really being able to just relish and enjoy and honour this character and honour this story. Um, Getting, just putting myself to one side, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, uh, um, and really just making it about the work and 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 then yeah just having the joy of collaborating like it's been every day I relish in getting to play on stage with Zach like it's just such it's such a gift um to portray mm. this couple that are so deeply in love with each other mm. in a time where there is so much turmoil and uncertainty which is the the heart of what she what Beneatha goes on to do in the second act it's mm. always centered in love even when she has to like cost people out and mm. do this you know, 10 steps ahead all of that is rooted in the relationship that she had with with her husband and also her her deep um connection and wanting to search uh, uh search for her own identity yeah. um which you know it's just a gift it kind of ticks all of my boxes and it's very rare that you get to do a gig that it does that you know mm. um so it's nice to be able to be in a piece of work where all of that is celebrated and the whole company the cast the creators the the crew are amazing um mm. so much detail has gone into this this work like you said two weeks of table work Beat by beat, we have spoken and had many anecdotes yes. bestowed upon us. <laughs> yeah. To know when the writer does is in the room, we can ask him questions about. So when when we say this, what does this mean? Because a lot of stuff is in subtext of yes. the play. Yeah. There's a lot of subtext that 
hope some audience members will connect to mm-hmm. some of it will go straight over their heads yeah. and that's okay that's what I love about this piece of work that there's um, layers to it yeah it's so layered so late we've had we found out that we've had audience members that have come like three times to watch the show already i'm coming back <laughs> i don't know what you all have going on but i'm i tend to see plays twice anyway no matter what play it is i always go and see it twice just because they will always be things that i missed the first time you know when we think about the framing of how we engage with theater or how we engage with any sort of um art the framing is also what day did, what you know what day did I go what else did I have on going what you know what did I have going on that day who did I go with what happened which usher did I meet when I was coming in like all of these things impact it so I always go twice just to be able to see okay what's the constant thing that happens you know um in my experience here and then it helps me to gauge where I mm. sit with it but off the bat from the visceral emotions that um kind of were evoked in me and from me, like, I, I can't wait to see it again because there's so much that I want to discuss about it, especially being Igbo and Yoruba and, you know, seeing the effects of the, you know, consequently the Biafran war and all of that, how everything played out to see how you both conveyed these characters that were at the helm or the precipice of what was about to unfold. Um, yeah, I feel like it really, really touched me deeply. And I'm so glad that you mentioned subtext because I wanted to speak about that, the art of dramatic exposition, right? And how in terms of what I really, really enjoyed as somebody that loves theatre is how you didn't give too much away. So even if the if your your words said something, it wasn't, you didn't go too far, you know, because there were things that we heard early on, like when... Um, um, Asagai says, um, heroes, you know, I'm not going to say what he said about heroes, but that was like, I was like, Oh no. Ah! Um, so how do you, um, how did you find that in the holding back that, and is it the same every time you perform it? For me, it's like an, uh, an unfolding. I think having those two weeks to kind of pull and pick and connect, I think it's been in the plane of it mm. that actually, making more of those connections mm-hmm. um and it, it, it's always in as human beings it's always in hindsight where we look back and we're like raw yes now i understand why i had to go through that mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. i know i know why i had to say what i had to go through that in order to experience this the way that i'm experiencing it and i think the way that kwame has written it is left so much room for that so it's mm-hmm. actually as older beneath where you know 40, 50 years have passed and you're like, yeah, I get it. Mm. Like, I had to, Asagai had to, let me know. Yeah. Asagai. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. Can't say that. Yeah. But it's the ways in which we step into our power. We have to, that's what it really showed me, the shadow self, how we have to be able to go through the shadow never losing our hold on love in order that we might find the liberation that we so desperately want for ourselves and we want for others. Because when we came back after the intermission, like I was getting really frustrated with Benita. I was getting frustrated because I was just like, stand up. You even like the character says it to her, like, well, it's like, stand up. I was like, come on. But then I had to start remembering that, you know, what was, there was a line that stuck with me where it was just like, oh, you know, it's just going to go how it goes and I'm going to play the fool. 
And then we had you playing the fool And then we had imagery that's been on stage Pretty much a lot of the time Of when um, oh, I think he'll be back shortly Of when black people are playing the fool Or people were depicting black people as the fools, right? Um, how was that to kind of temper the frustrations, the experiences that you would have had, because you mentioned like lived experiences earlier, to temper that with the character, sometimes, you know, like in a way of not overburdening the character. I think for me, it was about understanding uh, what the mask, how the mask was used as a tool. Mm. And also being within that present moment, it's always about the given circumstances. So that allows you to be present as the character. Yeah. So even though for for Benita in in the moments where she is carrying a lot, she's got her own secrets that mm. she wants to reveal and parts of her that that she wants to conceal herself. She's wearing a mask. Um, it's always about who is this person? What are you doing here? What do I want from you? Yeah. What do I think you might want from me? And throughout that particular scene, she's trying to unlock that. So she uses the mask as purely as a tool. And that's why she goes on to explain why, why it's there. Um, I think, actually, I think it might have been more of a challenge, I think, maybe for the other actor, um, because they had to, they had to dig deep. They had to wow. um, reflect on some of their own stuff and struggles and even some of their own pushback. Um, I think Kwame created a really brilliant environment to yeah. open space to share the things that they needed to speak about. Um, but and what, it how was, was how was that for you though? Because that's what really came across to me on stage that um, there was there was tension. The tension was necessary for the um, kind of for the narrative to move along, right? But mm. these are very, very real conversations, and I often wonder sometimes, you know, when white people pay, play certain characters that are very resistant to change right that are rather ignorant when they play these characters do they understand what the issue is with that character or is it sort of like this is just another gig so I'll say I mean I know that you can't answer for people but I again I know that you all just in the breadth of the career the wonderful careers that you've both had so far generally speaking have you sort of come across that where it's just like do, do my 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 person that I'm playing alongside here, do they get it? Like, do do they get it? Do they get what's going on right now? Hmm. Like, what do you think? <laughs> and I think, I'll I'll uh, hey, yeah, I think one of the things that we we caught very early on, and I say we, Michelle and myself, was uh, the uh, Caucasian cast mm. members were in mm. from the jump in and in being as in in to ask questions mm. of themselves ask questions of us um, ask questions of how the text is representing you know um, what is what is the text trying to say you know really and delve into not just the history the politics of things and you know um I remember us having to even um, describe, you know, the, well, kind of define the, the origins of Karen, you know, where, yeah. where, where Karen comes from. That came from a question of what, what, what is this Karen, you know? Oh, interesting. So th there's, there's, there, it wasn't just a, 
it, there was a semblance of this isn't a job, you know, there, there's there's real true emotional investment. And I, uh, I'm sure that's for most actors who go on a stage, there's an emotional investment. So there was already a semblance of therein. So when you have that foundation of therein, you know, it, 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 and like Sherelle um, said, it, you know, bred this, Kwame bred this um, open and safe place to be vulnerable. Mm. And since they were invested, we were all, we're all invested. Things that came up mm. were shared as opposed to held. held. Things that came up in emotionally, you know, like, cause is it, you know, it, it, and I won't ever speak for uh, yeah. another actor's experience and I won't speak on their experience, but what was clear was the commitment to want to get to know. Okay. Yeah. You know, okay. And want to get to know from their perspective as well as our mm. perspective. You mm-hmm. know, mm. that's kind of you. Know, and Sherelle, you were saying, um, no, oh God, what were you saying? That your experience. I was of actually going to um, speak on um, just the value of having uh, Professor Nicola Rollick in the yes. room. Um, because as actors, you know, we draw on our own personal experience and um, we have we have access to a drama therapist and stuff like that. But it's so natural for us to always draw on our personal experience. I think having Professor in the room, not only as our cultural consultant, but also with her Professor hat on where she was able to give the theory. Yes. Um, to break it down um for for the our Caucasian cast to explain to them this is the thing this is how it is applied and this is how it looks so there was that always that kind of example so there was almost like lectures happening at the same time alongside the work and even examples of the mark the mark Mm. character who is the director of African-American studies the (laughs) the, yeah the lecturers these directors or, or leaders of, you know, ethnic studies, they exist loads. and they're going out there. There's loads out there. So she was there to contextualize and just say, listen, these are not cartoon characters. Mm. These are real people. And I think it is, again, I was having this conversation this morning with um, someone else and I was, they were saying, oh, you know, are we living in a post-racial society? And I was like, how can you say that when we don't even know our history? We don't, Mm. how can we even have the conversations when we are not even able to access information, you know? um, Where we can't name what it is. You're trying to move past the sickness that you cannot name. Where are you going? Mm. Are we so in a rush to get to the post and we're not in the present? Like, it's weird. Exactly. So Mm. I think it's, it's been, it was great, I think, for us. To also, obviously, we have to accept this is a, this is set within an American context. Yes, but it's great to to to, to share this story to also a British audience. We've had quite a lot of American audiences in as well, mm. but also mm. us as Brits in the room to talk about it, and because it's almost like we're looking a little bit ahead in regards to because there is more language that the Americans have, and um, mm-hmm. that that we we and also dialogues that that are that are more likely to happen in an american context that we're not having here that we're being denied um, yeah exactly yeah. yeah we're being denied and i think the um the fact that we get to do it in a rehearsal room i was sat there and i was like this is just so valuable and a lot of the time i realized 
I was there to listen. Yeah. I didn't really have much to say because, like I said, our superpower is our lived experience. I don't know what it feels like to be, you know, in my 70s. I have examples around me, but I know what it feels like to be a black woman. And that's where I'm starting from. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of stuff that had to be explained that for me, I thought was just a given. But of yeah. course, not everybody knows that the same way I don't know Zach's full experience and he would have to express himself and what it is to be a black man. Um, so there was a lot of that. And then also that then those conversations affected the text. So we were saying that some lines that Benita says got put in during previews. Wow. Mm. A few days before we even opened and so the, the line that you found really impactful, that was put in like three days before we pressed, you know, and that came out of those really uncomfortable necessary vulnerable conversations that we were having in throughout the process and it was happening from beginning all the way up until press yeah no thank you for that and for that insight because it really helps to shape my experience um and my understanding of the play and I look forward to you know other people listeners coming to watch as well because it is so beautiful and because of you both explaining this to me it makes a lot of sense then the way that the tension could be kind of conveyed on stage because it, it felt very very real and it was done so well mark was my absolute favorite the white liberal director of africa mm -hmm. like, yeah of course of course mm -hmm. of course this is how you behave and then without the mask it still all came out anyway um mm. it was beautifully beautifully done beautifully executed by you both i can't wait to come and watch it again before you close close what 5th of august is it yeah. of August. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't wait for everybody to get down and see this. I was already tweeting about it, posted on threads. I was just like, like, I, if you haven't booked a ticket, do not tarry. Do not tarry. Be quick and go and get your <laughs> so, ticket. Wait, hold on. Define tarry. What's tarry now? Is this is a new do, one. No, to tarry now. Do not waste time. Do not delay. Be quick about uh -huh. it. No, you were both um, amazing. Somebody asked me that came to see it last night. They were really fascinated by your hair, Zachary. So are, is your mm. actual hair locked? Yeah, my actual hair is locked. Oh, and so yeah. then what you have at the beginning is a wig. Yeah, it's a wig. Um, real hair. Um, yeah. Okay. My lock, my, my, my loctician actually made the wig. He's Wonderful. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, he made the wig and it's the same texture as my hair and everything. Yeah, yeah it looks and, really, really natural um, because <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> another black person, like literally another black person. They were like, wow, the makeup team is so great because like they managed to change his hair so quickly. I was like, they just locked it quickly. <laughs> I was like, Do you know how long locks take? Like, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> Morris Roots. Morris, yeah, Morris Roots is the oh, best no, in the business. It was, it was so funny to me. Um, and there's without, you know, and it's so challenging to discuss because we don't want to give spoilers, but I do want to say that the way that you both switch up, whether it's in terms of age or whatever you do in from the first act to the second act in terms of physical theatre, like you absolutely bodied it. Like it was beautiful. The pace, the gait of the characters, like just things that I could appreciate as another actor. Like, no, nah, that whew, chef's kiss. Well done. No notes. 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you take it. Thank you. <laughs> so I guess like that's pretty much it. I'm so thankful that we got to chat about this in this way. Um, what I do want to say um, and take away from you both um, is the idea of ancestors, right? It gets mentioned. It's it's this thing. And so as you know, you're, you're, you're an ancestor really at this point, we are ancestors. What do you want from doing the work that you're currently doing? What do you want for somebody to look at a descendant of yours to look at one day and be like, thank you for that. Thank you for that thing. I want those that come after me to know that anything is possible to continue to dream. The most powerful thing that we have as people, specifically as black people, is our imagination. Oh, my mm. gosh. When we invest in our imagination, it is the, it mm. is how we create. And I feel like it is the thing that has allowed us to be so resilient, to be so um, have so much vitality and life mm. to have imagination to, to 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 dream is so powerful and I want I want to encourage everybody to do that um yeah to always dream and to action those dreams as well thank you mm. Cheryl what about you Zachary walk with sincerity I love that yeah walk with sincerity yeah mm. Everything. We've got to keep going either way, you know. We've got to keep going either way. Either way. Yeah, you um, either move or life moves you. So, you know, with sincerity, that's beautiful. Mm. Well, thank you both so, thank so you. much um, for doing what you do. You're both, like I said, absolutely just fantastic actors, and you absolutely do what needs to be done um, in beneath this place. And I'm looking forward to seeing it again. But thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So that's yeah. that. Yeah. I hope you I hope you enjoyed that. Isn't Sherelle a babe? Sherelle is such a babe. Zachary's lovely. But you know, I've known Sherelle for a minute and I just totally, totally love her vibe. I love her acting. I think she's a phenomenal actress. Absolutely brilliant. And she is fantastic as the titular character um, of Beneatha's place. She plays Beneatha. It's I sobbed. You know, as I said to said to them in that interview, I sobbed. I'm so glad that I went with Lewis Harris Tench, um, my baby person. Um, I'm so glad we went together. Like, I didn't even know it was coming that I was gonna cry. It was near the end. I don't want to like give spoilers, but it was near the end, and they just say this line where Benita says, um, "The young people of today aren't. It's not that they're not strong." They're fatigued And I understand that that was actually added After they'd done some previews and stuff And it was added in Because maybe the way that um, a- um, Activists or whoever were, um, were portrayed previously Wasn't quite fair So I'm glad that Kwame took that on board Because I would have definitely jumped on Twitter To say my piece if it was otherwise But it just really, really touched me Because it's just like How many people have fought for our freedoms That have really wanted fairness for us And they were just taken out way too early Because the structures, the powers that be They want to keep their claws in us all of the time Um. It was very interesting the debate that takes place in the second um, half of the sh- of the play. Um, I won't spoil it for you. I-, I want you to see it, but I really feel like I want to have a forum where we can discuss. Maybe I'll do it on Patreon because I still need to see it again. 
So I don't know how I'm going to do that Because again, you know that I don't like chatting to people too much But I would like to see it again And then have like a group discussion about it Because there is a Basically, I'm not spoiling it for you I'm trying not to There is a debate about whether They should stop teaching African-American studies At a university And start teaching critical whiteness um, studies instead And it's just interesting the way that Whiteness will move in order to keep centering itself You don't want to accept that Um the things that have been done throughout history. So I, this ties in basically with, I was um, do, taking part in a debate on Talk TV, Ian Collins show. You can still watch it on the Talk TV app. Uh, last week, was it Wednesday? I think it was last week, Wednesday. Or it might have been Thursday. One of the days. Anyway, I went on there. Um, I think it was Wednesday, Wednesday. Went to have this conversation and I was speaking um uh, the other, the opponent or the person that was debating me was from some organization called Don't Divide Us. But I saw, so I already knew that there was a problem because they're the ones that love to say, stop talking about racism. You're being divisive. And of course it was a POC, a person of color, an older woman of Indian heritage talking shit, talking shit, saying that, oh, um, you know, apparently um, she, her company or her organization has released a report that um, anti-racism has been taught in schools in a way that's going to damage the white children to make them feel guilty and cause more division. So you don't want them to know the truth. You don't want them to know the truth of how the world is. Oh, we don't need to. And basically on her website is all the little fuckers, the absolute little fuckers that sit about saying, no, look at me. I'm a black person and stop. Let's stop pretending that we've got the same issues as the US. You lot are the reason that black people are dying in this country. You have blood on your hands, you little dickheads, you little motherfuckers. You lot are the reasons because you keep denying a reality and you're joining this fucking jankro to talk shit and, and give ahistorical takes and, re- and release reports that are bullshit after the Tony Sewage report, not the Sewell report, the Sewage report. And you're just lying in 4K, you're lying. And I told her that during the, the, the interview or do, um, during the debate, I said, you're lying, like you're lying, you're a liar. Oh no, because we're not living in Victorian England anymore Or Victorian Britain And neither is uh, chattel slavery taking place today So things are much better than they were If you don't shut up and Oh, let me not Thank you, Mother Ayahuasca For catching my tongue right there Because if I cuss you If I cuss you You'll dislocate that hip Anyway Let's keep it moving Let's keep it moving All I wanted to say is that it's a brilliant play And it's so interesting to me I heard through the grapevine That certain people have been walking out of the play They've been walking out Now, they can only be walking out Because they don't like how visceral How real, how menacing um, There's some imagery on the stage That they'll claim Oh, faux outrage about that They had to walk out Because they didn't want to see that Why don't you want to see Your recent history? Why don't you want to see it? Why are you walking out? Why are you running? Why are you running? Because when people are cooning on stage You lot love that You'll give it five star reviews You'll be laughing ka, 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 At black people making a fool of themselves But the moment black people are like Look what you did Oh, I, oh, I can't I can't watch this I've got to go I've got to go Ridiculous You better sit the fuck down and watch the whole, the play in its entirety 
But it made me sob. I cried because I am tired. You know, I am tired. I am fatigued. And I re- I went to watch the play straight after or soon after having that debate where I'm having to kind of almost lose my cool because this POC, this B-A-M-E is talking shit about things that viscerally, immediately, urgently affect black people. When I said to her, you're saying that which, that um, racism in this country is just facts. Oh, sorry, it's just opinions. They're not facts. It's a fact that black women currently are five times more likely to die during childbirth in, in comparison to white women. Everybody that's listening to this that, that's pregnant, I pray over your life. You're, everything's cool. Everything's calm. You keep doing what you're doing and remain centered. But I have to bring it up. And she goes, yeah, well, those, and they love the word egregious. They think that they can say that something's egregious as a way to say that it's um, it's an anomaly and it's not the norm where it's just like, no, don't try it. Yeah, well, the fact that Kelechi brings up there is egregious, but that's not what we're talking about right now. So let's stay on subject. We're talking about education. We're talking about addressing the racism that's inherent within the, like, the school curriculum. Who ends up being doctors and nurses and midwives of tomorrow. Is it not the same people that went to school about the same education that we're talking about? There's been a recent report that says that, um, what's it? Healthcare practitioners need to be taught things or in the neonatal ward, they need to be taught that, uh, um, they shouldn't be looking for a baby to be, what is it? Pink all over as a sign of rare, 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 because some babies don't turn pink. Cause would you believe it? They're not white. Oh, <sighs> He's talking shit, giving me weird random scenarios, cutting me off every time, never letting me finish a point. She gets to talk for ages. The moment I start to body her, she's like, Ian, aren't you going to, aren't you going to come in here? And so I can finish my point. Kalechi's talked an awful lot. Fuck you. Fuck you. And it will never, I haven't even gotten to straw of the week, but fuck you about I've talked a lot. You've kept on talking and you're telling me that you've been an educator for 20 years. So for 20 years, children have been inflicted with your fuckery. And you wonder why the the school systems have been the way that they are. People have had you as a teacher at some point, you nasty piece of shit. And he's cutting me off, cutting me off, cutting me off, letting her finish all of her stupid points. It's well. So when I got to the play that evening, just that line, I think I must have let out some kind of groan or moan or some kind of whimper. I can't describe it. It wasn't even, it was so kind of like, instinct like instinctive it just it kind of just came out and lewis put their hand on my shot um, on my elbow because it's like they instantly understood they understood and then i think that's when it just hit me i started sobbing i wasn't going like <laughs> like i wasn't loud but i just couldn't control it like i was heaving like i was so overcome with emotion because it's just like I, like i was saying last week this stuff is exhausting Doing this is exhausting. So why won't I wear an orange, um, you know, pom-pom short play suit when I just need brightness and joy in my life? Because this is tiring. I haven't gone to have a massage in a while. I think like that's what I'm going to do very, very soon. And that's why I'm not recording next week because I just thought, why I don't need to, so I won't. Um... So anyway, with all of that said, please go and see Beneath's Place. Do go and see it. Support the Young Vic. Um, you know I love working with them. Um, 
So, you know, go through if you can. Two slaps on your chest, Sherelle. Two slaps on your chest, Zachary. And to the entire cast and crew, the whole company, well done on a brilliant, brilliant job. Okay? Anyway, let's get to So You Mad. So You Mad, um, it was revealed to us that Hugh Edwards was the BBC presenter that had been suspended um, based on the allegations that I talked to you about last week. Apparently, everybody's saying that the, the Sun newspaper, they're on some bullshit, that they're just looking for trouble. And the Sun's like, well, no, because this and this and this. I All I have to say about this situation is nothing. I'm saying nothing about this situation. That's it. Officially, I'm saying nothing. Randomly, though, it's got nothing to do with this. I'm just talking randomly now, just off the top of my head. I find it really interesting when people who are um, accused of um, molesting children, trigger warning, trigger warning, of molesting children, of anything untoward, of of any sort of sexual depravity in terms of assault, um, anything like that, um, they instantly jump to, oh, but please consider my mental health. And, you know, I'm in hospital now, so you all have to stop saying what you're saying. Again, I'm saying it's not related to this situation at all. This is just a random flow of thoughts. And I think that talking about mental health is so important. Conflating mental health and um, predatory behavior I think that's unfair. Conflating mental health and for somebody that tweeted at me the other day about homophobia, fuck you. Fuck you, you dickhead. Because you, as a white man, want to tell me that I can't speak on things that I haven't actually even expressly said that I'm speaking on. I'm just talking, I'm just tweeting generally and you're coming at me a bit spicy. Oh, you've deleted an awful lot of tweets. Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Because the way that some of you white gay men get very, 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 very over familiar with black women, it bothers me. It really, really bothers me because there's the hatefulness. There's a misogynoir that you fail to acknowledge because you're like, ah, oh, well, I'm marginalized too. Yes, you're marginalized too, but you're, that, doesn't, that doesn't absolve you of being racist. That doesn't absolve you of misogynoir. Mind your fucking tone. We're meant to be in a fight together of addressing societal ills. But at a moment's notice, you will just whip out that misogynoir and think you could talk to me or anybody else or any other black woman anyhow. Let's behave. Because I'm not saying that we, that we do not call people out when we like, oh, this might be. I'm just glad that other black people jumped in and they were like, no, actually, as a black gay person, we absolutely have the right to say that we do not want um, um, pedophilia or um, child molestation conflated with um, homosexuality. It is it is absolutely fair to demarcate those things. And and I keep stressing that you're not going to get me to shut up about things because you're like, oh, well, um, you're only saying that we haven't even been told the gender of certain people. So I don't know what you're talking about. We haven't officially been told the gender of anyone to the best of my knowledge. So what are you talking about? Apparently, we can't speak on people the moment that they say that they're going through this and they're going through that. That's fine. 
So I won't speak on it. I'm absolutely not speaking on this. This has nothing to do with anything. I'm just thinking off the top of my head now that the strategy that certain PR companies put in place is very, very good. Because if I get the wife of somebody to come forward and say, he's really going through a lot, leave him alone. He's, you know, he's checked himself in somewhere, even though he's there on Twitter, he's checked himself in on, on some somewhere and he's going through a lot. What you're presenting to me is that we're a solid front, that there's nothing wrong. We are together in this. He's a good person, a great person, rare, 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 rare. Um, nothing criminally has been done. But just because something isn't quote unquote criminal doesn't mean that it is right. Because do you do you just magically start talking to these people as they become of age? Do you just suddenly appear? You, you didn't know them before. You just suddenly appear in that moment again. I don't know. Cause I'm not speaking on anybody. I'm just, I'm just trying to understand here. I'm just wildly just talking about my thoughts, my thoughts randomly. It's interesting to me. I'm not in any way going to support any stupid rag bitch of a paper of any rag bitch of a tabloid over anything. But based on the things that are said to be known as facts, something still doesn't feel right to me. And you can't tell me because the police, who we also know that what the police, the same police that somebody murdered um, um, a woman a couple of years ago, the same police that somebody has 49 counts of sexual assault um, and all of these things against them. The same police that the head of the IOPC was found to have been um, um, raping an underage girl. That that police is going to tell me that something isn't criminal. Also, if we were to know that somebody um, has challenges with um, hard drugs and, and this person, another person who's much, much older than they are, much older than they are, is giving them money, large sums of money, what could that money be doing if not enabling um, uh, an addiction? And thus it becomes a very serious safeguarding issue. Um, it's all very interesting to me is all I'll say, but I can absolutely see how certain people throughout history working at certain organizations were able to get away with the horrid things that they did for so long because people like you are more concerned about politeness over truth. Politeness over protecting people who are vulnerable. Again, I'm just thinking out loud, baby, we are fucked in Britain oh that's all I'll say about that um what else was I going to talk about did I even say everything that I wanted to say about that situation yeah I mean what situation I don't know what are you talking about I don't know yeah so we don't know in other So You Mad news, a charity has voted to abolish itself. The kind of voices that I want to hear. It says here, a major UK charitable foundation with an endowment fortune of 130 million has announced it is to abolish itself after concluding that traditional philanthropy is a function of colonial capitalism. My dons, my G's, big up your chest, big up yourselves. I would have put you in, um, what's it? Magnificence, but that's already full. 
Um, and it had itself become part of the problem. Lankley Chase, which gives out about one, 13 million a year in grants to hundreds of charities operating in areas such as social, racial and climate justice, said it wanted to find bold new alternatives to what it called philanthropy's cult, cult of benevolence. Love that. The 60 year old institution said it would spend the next five years giving away its assets to organizations and networks which are doing life affirming social justice work in communities around the UK. Holler at me. Holler at me. Holler at me. I can't wait to tell you about um, a new thing that I'm doing. But for now, but I can't wait. I'm so excited about something that I'm coming up. I've come up with. It is understood Langley Chase's trustee board had become increasingly unable to reconcile its charitable mission to tackle racism, injustice and inequality with its position as a major investor in global capital markets it considers to be rooted in racial and colonial exploitation. We have recognised the gravity of the interlocking social, climate and economic global crises we are experiencing today. At the same time, we view the traditional philanthropy model as so entangled with colonial capitalism that it inevitably continues the harms of the past into the present, it said in a statement. I love you all. I don't know who wrote this, who did all of this for you, but I just want to lick their face if they consent. Thank you so much. Um, It's added, we will relinquish control of our assets, including the endowment and all resources so that money can flow freely to those doing life-affirming social justice work. We'll make space to reimagine how wealth, capital and social justice can coexist in the service of all life now and for future generations. Although rare in the UK, the kind of radical reimagining of charitable funding announced by Langley Chase is more common in the US where experts say decolonizing the endowment is a much more active debate in philanthropic and community circles. I can't wait wait for you to read the full story of edge of of allyship in edge of here because i literally have this sort of scenario but you know me a baby girl always ahead of the curve um we know not everyone will agree with this decision and we are not saying every endowed foundation should follow our direction however we believe that the case for profound change is now impossible to ignore and each of us must find our answer this is ours Lankley chase said i love you all In a full state of how it might begin to redistribute its assets, it announced it is to give £8 million, around 6% of its total endowment fund, to the Baobab Foundation, a funding body created in 2021 by black funders to grow resources for black Uh, for under-resourced grassroots UK Black and African community organisations. The Langley Chase Chief Executive Julian Corner said, philanthropy is a function of colonial capitalism. It has been shaped by it. It is being driven by it. And yet philosophically, it tries to position itself as somehow a cure for the ills of colonial capitalism. And that contradiction needs to stop. Thank you. Go and tell your homeboy, Bill Gates. But Bill and Melinda, go and tell them. Fast, fast. Kia, kia. Masare law, run. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Run, 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 run. Go and tell your friends. Go and tell your friends immediately what you have said here. Go and let them know, eh? Because I agree with you. He said that having taken the decision to redistribute, they would spend the next five years working out how this would work in practice. It's going to create a space for more honest debate in philanthropy about our relevance and ambitious conversations about whether we, as foundations, are set up right. Corner acknowledged there was a risk that simply shifting the capital to a new set of funding gatekeepers and intermediaries could replicate existing power imbalances. He said it would work with future asset holders to explore alternative investment philosophies. Um, 
I love that. They go on. So whoever, who wrote this article? Patrick, big up yourself, Patrick, for this one. I don't know what else you've written. (sighs) Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Can you see them lot are giving back small, small money? Is it Barbados? Was it that was it Barbados that we were reading? No, Grenada. Grenada was when we were reading about the other day when them lot were giving about giving back small, small money. Lankley Chase is abolishing itself. Monarchy, <laughs> royal family, come and follow your mates. Come and follow your mates and redistribute the wealth. And this is funny because when I was on that Trevor guy's show, which Trevor was it? The one that was talking crap about um, Megan the other day, Megan Markle the other day on Piers Morgan's show. Or Piss Morgan Um, When I was on his show And he was like So how would you advise King Charles To deal with this situation Because he's constantly being You know the royal family's constantly being Accused of racism And I said They should redistribute the wealth And abolish themselves Like abolish itself Like as the the monarchical Monarchical structure Whatever you want to call it Abolish it And everybody laughed And that's what gets me When you are the person with sense In a room full of useless people You'll be seen as the useless person (laughs) Like The very thing I said That many people have said before me Of course The very thing I said in that conversation Is actually what other organisations and foundations are now doing But I I was the ridiculous one Huh Child Let me not Let me not Let me not Anyway let's wrap this up Sha My Straw of the week, aka suck your mum We're in that section now Goes out to the detention centres That are literally holding children And um, wiping murals off the wall So they have nothing colourful, nothing bright to see Because you clearly want these children to be unalived It says here um, The Home Office ordered the removal of child-friendly murals from the controversial Manston detention camp near Ramsgate, as well as a separate reception area, The Guardian has learned. The I newspaper revealed last week that the immigration minister, Robert Jenrick, had ordered the removal of colourful murals of Disney cartoon characters, including Mickey Mouse and Baloo the Bear, uh, painted on the walls at the Kent intake unit at Dover. The KIU, 20 miles from the Manston camp, is where children, mainly those who are unaccompanied, are processed after arriving in small boats. I really worry for their safety because if you lot are going to the extent of even taking murals off the wall, I hope that they're not being um, abused um, in any sort. I mean, the the abuse is already taking place in the fact that they're being held at this detention um, centre. Apparently, they're only meant to be held for like 24 hours, but they're being held for days um, I just feel sad for the little babs And I, I hate the way that the world is Now it has emerged That the order to paint over murals Also extended to Manston Where at its busiest time Towards the end of last year About 4,000 people were held Including many children Ranging from babies to teenagers It is understood that the murals are At both sites were painted over Last Tuesday by the Ministry of Justice's Estates team The child-friendly images at Manston were praised in an inspection report uh, published last month by His Majesty's Inspectorate of Prisons on conditions at Manston, KIU and other initial reception centre on the Kent and and another initial reception centre on the Kent coast, Western Jetfoil. Referencing the uh, decorations, the HM. HMIP report states The family marquee was decorated in bright Cheerful colours 
That praise was set against multiple concerns raised in the report about the welfare of children. The report found that children were detained for far too long at all of the reception sites with 232 children held for more than 96 hours, although the limit, uh, the time limit is currently 24 hours. The longest a child was held was 19 days in one case. A 17-year-old girl who had a 10-month-old baby, she said, was conceived through rape, was held at KIU for almost 24 hours. Um, it was initially reported that Jenrick had said the murals had to be removed because they were too welcoming. But on Tuesday, he told MPs they were not age appropriate for teenage migrants. However, the Home Office has admitted that unaccompanied children as young as nine have arrived in the UK on small boats. And there is a family section at Manston that includes facilities for parents with babies and toddlers. Um, so you're lying. At Prime Minister's Questions on Wednesday, the SNP um, MP Peter Wisehart or Wishart um, called on the Deputy Prime Minister Oliver Dowden, to, who was uh, standing in for Rishi Sunak, to condemn the Home Office's decision to paint over the KIU mural. Um, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite so grotesque as the painting over of Mickey Mouse on a children's mural. Um, um, as as was done by the Home Office in a detention centre in Kent. Um, I just think it's disgusting. Like, how are you not okay with this being your representation? Because when a presenter is crying that, leave me alone, leave me alone. I love young boys. Leave me alone, leave me alone. Um, You'll shout up and down. You'll shout up and down, right? And we can't say anything. Cool. But... Why I'm my, basically my whole thing is why don't you care about the vulnerable people in these situations? Why do you always align yourself with the powerful people in this situation? I really I care and I don't care about the mural because my thing is that why are people being held in these detention centers in the first place? Fuck a Mickey Mouse mural. Why are they being held there in the first place? Why are you being so hostile and nasty? Why? That that's my issue. But if you're going to say that initially, when they cut, when they arrive on these boats or whatever the case may be, um, they will kind of process them through here. However, you want to phrase it, um, you say that that needs to be done, right? And and then they'll be found um safe housing, um, and all of that once that's all done, fine. But that's not what you're doing. If you told me that you were doing that and then the murals were there, that's but you're not doing that. You're being horrible And then you want to make it You said it's too welcoming A Disney Disney characters on the wall It's just too welcoming Do you know the um, elements That they would have had to fight against The fear The absolute horrendous conditions That they've already Those young children Their parents and the um, older people of, of course But those young children the What they would have had to navigate To get there in the first place and you don't think that they've seen that they've already felt unwelcome enough that they you don't feel like they've suffered enough and you want to take off the mickey mouse and all of the cartoons you want to take them off the wall this is what i'm saying it's never going to be well for some of you like it's just never ever ever going to be well and some of you lots mp's like what's going on i don't condone violence but i just feel like somebody needs to just be like shaken about a little bit just like shake, because I don't get it. How is it that we're allowing this to happen in real time? Strikes are happening here. Strikes are happening here. Why is everybody being so apathetic? These are children. 
children. And this, you're happy for this to be your representation. You're happy to for this to be your member of parliament who's who's doing ah oh, mate. Oh, child. I don't know what to tell you except for suck out. Suck out for an eternity and choke. That's all I've got. And that's it. That's it for this week's episode. It is completed. Did it. Did it. And I'm out. It's been real. Like I said, there'll be no episode next week. So just reminding you of that. And um, get your pre-orders in for Edge of Here. Um, the audiobook will now, you know, you can pre-order the audiobook as well. <laughs> since I had to um, endure Russ's made to record it. Um, the live show, 12th of September, which the, the launch, I'll say the book launch because I'm going to announce something else. But the book launch, 12th of September. Yeah, happening at the Barbican So I'd love to see as many of you there as possible It's going to be just a few months of celebration Like, don't get it twisted We're going to have another celebration, I hope, around my birthday If you know when that is, good You already have the reminder Um, But yeah, I feel like I've covered everything Send your letters to sym at kelechiocarfor.com Join the Straw Society tier on Patreon Just look after yourself I feel like that's the main thing Outside of everything else that I ask you to do Please just look after yourself Because it is tough out there And I come on here And I do my best to be upbeat And to share the news that catches my eye Throughout the week But I just hope that you're looking after yourself Yeah Please look after your heart Take care of your heart Because shit's not easy out there And that's that I have been Kelechi Okafor And this has been SYM Officially known as Say Your Mind Unofficially known as What What That's right Suck your mum I'm out I'll catch you on the flip side Peace It's the Ben's Brunani woman This baby boys Baby girls You need to hear this so Sit down Sit down Receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready For the tea We are gonna sip it Hard time scrolling For your long shorts You might learn something You never know and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind Say you mind